This episode of The Enhancement Talent is brought to you by this urgent announcement. Have you seen the WWE Intercontinental Championship? If so, please contact your local wrestling federation. It has been missing for some time, and its friends and family are very worried. If you do find it, please approach with caution. And whatever you do, don't mention WrestleMania. It'll make it very sad. It all comes down to this, my friends. All month, we've been holding a March Madness tournament to determine the enhancement talent's choice for the top singles wrestler of all time, and we have finally reached the finals. Join us on a supersized episode as we crown our tournament winner, break down all the news and notes from WrestleMania weekend, and give you the seedings for a special one-week women's tournament. All right. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Enhancement Talent Podcast. I'm your host, the man in the rafters, the one they call Tony Lopez. With me tonight, as always, the other half of the fabulous Lopez cousins, Dr. Bob Lopez. How you doing tonight, Bob? I'm doing great, sir. How about yourself? Doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. Just uh, a whole weekend full of wrestling goodness. This is the weekend. The WrestleMania weekend is always... The uh, the most chock full wrestling weekend of the year, and we got a lot of it, and we're going to talk a lot about it too. And we're going to talk about it along with from beautiful Cary, Illinois, the Warsaw blonde himself, Adam Kalavik. How was your weekend, Adam? Oh, very, uh, very good. Uh, I wish I was in Texas just for better weather, but uh, uh, WrestleMania was uh, was very interesting. I was following the results along and. Yeah, lots of lots of interesting stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it wasn't just WrestleMania that that went on this weekend. Of course, um, it was a whole weekend's worth of things. Like we said, it, as usually goes down with WrestleMania weekend. Uh, outside of WWE, let's start with that because on Friday, the Friday night before, uh, there were a couple things that went on. First. Well, starting with WWE, they had the uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony, uh, which is something they always do WrestleMania weekend. Uh, this year's inductees included uh, The Undertaker, of course. He was the headline um, inductee. He had a massive, uh, massive ovation. Uh, really cool induction for him. Uh, also, there was uh, the Steiner Brothers, which was a little bit of a surprise considering uh, Scott Steiner and Triple H still are not on good terms, but I guess they kind of put that aside and it was smoothed out enough for them to be inducted into the Hall of Fame this weekend. As we have said before, uh, the late great Vader was finally inducted into the Hall of Fame, something that should have happened a long time ago. Sid was inducted as well. Oh, no, Sid was not inducted. He was not. Uh, what I, I thought Sid was going to be inducted. It was, Hi, pal. it was just rumored? It was rumored, but he was not. I thought, I thought yeah, they announced it. I, I, I had to do a double take, too, because I thought the same thing, but I checked on I checked that night. And yeah, I mean, no. He must have had a softball game, I guess. He was right. Queen Charmel for some Yeah, like Queen Sh- oh, yeah, Charmel. And yeah. then Shad Gaspard got the uh, the Warrior Award. Okay. 
it seems kind of like a, a short list this year. So maybe maybe they were anticipating doing Sid, but something came up and it just didn't didn't go through. But yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was it. It was cool. Um, Vince McMahon did a really cool uh, induction for the Undertaker. Of course, the Undertaker, you know, got the uh, the big induction of the night. the The fans gave him like a five minute standing ovation. Um, it, he got really emotional about it. That was that was really cool. Uh, you know, I, I like how he capped his. Uh, his induction speech, put out one of the hats, goes goes to the mic and just says, never say never, you know, kind of leaving it up in the air. I hope he does say never because based on his last match, <laughs> you, don't, you know, uh, I think it's time. I think it's time, Taker, that uh, yeah. you just kind of leave it hung up, man. You, you have nothing else to prove, man. Uh-huh. So, um but yeah, that was that was cool. I was I was I really like seeing the Steiners inducted. Um, they definitely deserve it. One of the be- one of the best, arguably the best tag team of all time. Um, getting their due. Um, the you spe- know, Scott Steiner's mooing. Yeah, <laughs> I was pretty fucked up. It, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but you you can't you can, uh, expect that from Scott Steiner. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Rick Steiner looking good. Uh, didn't, uh, Brown Breaker, uh, induct them or yeah, Rick Steiner's son, who is now, um, I guess NXT champion. Correct. Uh, yeah, he won, he won the NXT title back from Dolph Ziggler last night on raw. Um, but yeah, it, that, that was cool. Queen Charmel. I, like you said, when we, when we, when we, when you, it was announced that she was getting inducted, it just seemed off. I, I I don't know why she was gonna be the the female inductee this year. It just didn't make any sense aside from it being in, in Texas. Uh and maybe just to appease Booker. I don't know. For two um, good reasons. Yeah. Cause she she was not with the company for a very long time at all. No. She was you know, yeah, she was a big part of that whole King Booker uh gimmick that he had when he was you know he won king of the ring and he was coming in with the the crown and the cape and everything and proclaiming himself king booker yeah sure that's whatever she was a big part of that but that only lasted that was only like what a year or two i think it went two max yeah two years it's not hall of fame worthy no not at all there's i there's a as we're going to get into later on today there's plenty of uh, other women that could have been inducted uh, instead of Queen Charmel this year. Um, and then um, Vader. Yeah, Vader, like I said, uh, his family accepted the award for him. Uh, another instance of, you know, they they just got it a little bit too late. Uh, you could you They could have easily inducted Vader when he was still around. But um, unfortunately, he wasn't there to be inducted in person. So, but you know, they actually they they did the right thing. Vader's a wrestling legend, even if his best days were not in WWE. Um, and yeah, he he has his rightful place in the Hall of Fame. And as you guys said, Chad Gaspar, who was a uh, part of the uh, Crime Time 
tag team when they were in WWE, getting the Warrior Award. He tragically uh, passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, he drowned trying to save his son from being uh, swept out in the ocean. Um, yeah, he, I guess his son had gotten swept up in a, in a riptide. He went out, got his son, and uh, lifeguards were going out to get both of them. Uh, he handed his son off to uh, rescuers, you know, saying, here, save him, save him. They, 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 he handed the son off to them, and before the rescuers could get back to him, he got swept out to sea and uh, tragically passed away. So, you know, I always liked Shad Gaspar. He was, you know, crime time. Wasn't really my cup of tea as a as a fan, but I always liked him. He was a he was a entertaining wrestler in the ring, but you know, just for him to pay the ultimate price trying to save his son, that was um, you know very very you know tragic, but also uplifting, and he deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame. Um, my my thoughts on the warrior warrior word itself, notwithstanding, considering who the warrior was himself, but it's a good, it's a good gesture, and I, you know, I'm, I'm happy that Shad Gaspar was um, inducted into the Hall of Fame as well. Um, so, looking back at the Hall of Fame, what were your guys' opinions on the whole thing? Let's start with Bob. What was your thoughts as uh, you were watching the Hall of Fame? I thought it was cool. I mean, uh, when it came to Charmel, I fast-forwarded. I didn't care what she had to say. Uh, I thought that was really cool what they did for Shad Gaspard. And then they even brought in JTG, who was his former Crime Time partner. Um, so I thought that that was cool and let his family speak. Uh, the Steiner brothers, like I said, it was uh, it was funny, especially when Scott got up there and he said, wow, I can't believe they actually gave me a live mic. And uh, <laughs> they let him ramble on and tell the story that, I still don't understand what the hell happened when he was making cow sounds. But, um, yeah, it was good to see them, especially Rick Steiner. You know, you haven't seen Rick Steiner for a while. I mean, I know he came out on NXT a while back but when his son won the title, but it's still really cool to see him. And um, I, I was just surprised. I, I mean, I always remember watching them in, in WCW, and Scott was huge and looked so much bigger than Rick Steiner. And then you see them next to each other in the ring, and, it looked the complete opposite now. Like Rick Steiner looked taller and I was just like, damn, <laughs> I always thought he was, yeah. you know, what the hell happened? Um, it was cool to see Vader's family out there, um, especially, you know, his kid inductee. And then they like how they brought out the helmet um, at, at the very end. They unveiled that. And then, you know, the, uh, the undertaker, uh, like you said, the, the five minute standing ovation, the scene get emotional, and then uh, let him have the floor for about an hour. I think he spoke for over an hour and yeah. well deserving. I like how he touched on his stories. I liked how he talked uh, to certain wrestlers in the crowd and, you know, told uh, his life journey and stuff, which is really cool. I know some people got butt hurt, like uh, Mick Foley's daughter, how she said that uh, I can't believe he didn't thank my dad. But, <laughs> you know, it's just like, well, uh, I'm sure sh- he didn't seem like he had anything planned to rehearse other than what he yeah. wanted about three. So it's like, uh, he didn't thank Steve Austin. He didn't thank The Rock. He didn't thank a lot of people. Kurt Angle, you know, like, but yeah, because he didn't bring out your dad doesn't mean you got to get butthurt about it. So, um, it's just like wow. But no, it, it was it was really cool to see the Undertaker. That's pretty much what everyone was there for, and you know, he he didn't disappoint. Yeah, yeah. If I were Mick Foley, I would have told my daughter, "Hey, chill the fuck out." You know, <laughs> it's like 
you know, that, I, I understand you're trying to stick up for me, but it's not it's not my moment. It's the Undertaker's moment. Yeah. So, um, how about you, Adam? What were your reactions to the Hall of Fame? Yeah, that's sadly the culture we live in. Everyone finds a reason to get upset about something. I mean, Vince, uh, in his, uh, you know, when Vince was doing the induction, he named off, I don't know, easily 50 people the Undertaker worked with. And he was having a hard time remembering and keeping up. And he's the friggin' boss. So, you know, as Vince obviously wasn't out there to diss anybody or forget anybody. It's just when you talk about a guy who, who did it for 30 years in the WWE, he wrestled everybody. So, you know, we'd still, uh, it, the, the show would still be going if he mentioned every person he worked with. So I, I can't believe that Vince didn't mention primetime Brian Lee. That just pisses me off. He man. did. He, he did. Oh, well that backfired on me. Goddamn. Yeah. He, he, he. <laughs> All the guys he wrestled, Brian Lee. Can you believe he was another Undertaker? Yep. Crazy, the Undertaker wrestling himself. Well, yeah, then maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know that that got lost in the in the river of people he was naming to me. I guess so. It's in the Dolly Parton. Yeah, too much. Yeah, too much Dolly for me. But uh, but yeah, um. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, um, it was a very, good, very strong class. It's smaller than normal, as you mentioned, but I mean, yeah, I think given, like you said, Undertaker had a long speech, he had a five-minute uh, standing ovation, so they're probably thinking of uh, time and how much that was going to take up. Uh, I loved all the costumes they had out there. Uh, they didn't have an American badass one, though, did they? Oh, that breaks my heart. Yeah, and for good reason. Um, you know. Vader, as we've mentioned many times, long overdue. Um, I uh, love what his son had to say about him being a Hall of Famer as a father. It was a very touching moment. Uh, the Steiners is another uh, team, and I, I, I'm sure we touched on it on our Hall of Fame show, uh, Wrestlers Not in the Hall of Fame, when we did it about a year ago. Uh, that's another one that should have been in there long ago. Um, one of the best tag teams of all time. Uh, obviously, they did have a run together in WWE and they won a couple tag titles but it was a short run mm -hmm. so I'm sure that's why but I mean they won like eight or nine WCW tag titles they won titles in Japan everywhere they went they won gold so I think that was I'm glad both of them were there to be able to accept that and um Chad uh definitely um worthy recipient of the warrior award as you talked about and yeah Queen Charmel uh thanked her husband, which she definitely uh, should have done. So, <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah, but it's, it was a pretty strong class and uh, it's always fun to see those, you know, cause a lot of those folks like uh, Bob mentioned with Rick Steiner, you haven't seen Rick Steiner in a long time. So it's good to see some of those older folks that you grew up watching, see how they look now. And uh, yeah, uh, they looked at, they looked in good shape. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun to watch. Yeah. Well, aside from the uh, Hall of Fame, what else happened on Friday was the Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor, the first show back after Ring of Honor's uh, hiatus that happened this fall, and the first show that has happened since Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor and now owns it. Um Bob, I'll let you take the 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 point on this because you actually ordered the pay per view and watched it. 
what were what was your uh your experiences watching uh Ring of Honor's Supercard of Honor? The this is the first time I ever ordered a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Um I was first off off the bat, I checked the price and it was only 30 bucks and I was like, "Holy shit, 30 bucks for a pay-per-view. That's not bad at all." So, I, I quickly ordered it. Um, the reason I was wanting to order it, obviously, was FTR versus the Briscoes. I had been wanting to watch that match for a long time. Um, it was heavily influenced by a lot of AEW wrestlers, um, you know, because obviously now AEW owns Ring of Honor. Um, but still, it had a lot of Ring of Honor originals on there. Um, Colt Cabana was on there. He was one of the pre-show wrestlers. Uh, Dalton Castle, who was one of their uh, champions in the past, uh, he was on the the undercard. But then uh, the first match was uh, uh, Shane Strickland, who's now with AEW. He wrestled uh, Alex Zane, which was a pretty good match. Um, I guess Telly Blanchard is now hanging out in AEW or in, in Ring of Honor, and he's got a stable. Um, he came out with a tag team earlier that I didn't know much about, but then for his single star, he brought out Brian Cage. So now Brian Cage is going to be under the Ring of Honor banner. Uh, and he had a quick squash match against uh, Ninja Mac where he just destroyed the guy in about two minutes. But it was still f- fun to see Brian Cage come out. Uh, Lee Moriarty wrestled Jay Lethal, which was a fun match. Jay Lethal turned heel. Obviously, Ring of Honor is big on their, their code of ethics, the handshakes and you know, uh, stuff like that. So Jay Lethal did a, a low blow to Moriarty, and that's how he got the, the finish. Uh, so they started booing him. But it was kind of funny to see because they had a lot of title matches on there. Um, so the Ring of Honor women's champ is Deanna Perrazzo, but she was not able to be there. So they had an interim title match. And uh, Mercedes Martinez is now the interim champion uh, who's under the AEW banner. Mm-hmm. Um, they had... Um, a Ring of Honor World TV Championship match, and that was uh, Rhett Titus, who I had never really seen wrestle before. I know you and I saw him before on, on uh, the Ring of Honor show we went, but I never really paid much attention to him. Um, for some reason, they hype up his finisher as a drop kick, which I didn't know we were still in the 80s when you're talking about <laughs> your drop only Marty Chinetti can get away with that. Well, uh, unfortunately for Rhett Titus, who was the Ring of Honor World Champion, he went up against Minoru Suzuki. Um, so no dropkick is going to do anything to that man. Suzuki destroyed him in about six minutes. So now Suzuki is your TV champion uh, for Ring of Honor. Uh, they had a singles match for the P- ROH Pure Championship. And the Pure Championship is just straight-up technical wrestling. There's so many rules to this belt. Um, I don't know much about it. They gave the rules. I was confused just by trying to read it. But their champion was Josh Woods. He lost the belt to Wheeler Yuta, um, which then afterwards was kind of weird because then after Wheeler Yuta became the champion, Tony Khan posted on on Twitter that Wheeler Yuta is now AEW all. Like, he's a member of Team AEW. And I was like, well, he's was been he under was? your show. <laughs> yeah, he was on your show forever. Now you're saying mm-hmm. that Wheeler Yuta is, is all elite. Like, well, did I miss something? <laughs> yeah, you just, you just right? had a fucking match with Brian Danielson, for crazy. Exactly. So that, so that was kind of weird. Um, Winner-take-all match for the Ring of Honor undisputed title. Jonathan Gresham, who reminds me so much of Brian Danielson. Yeah. Um, 
and he went up against Bandito, and that was a hell of a match. They went for about 25 minutes. Um, that was just so much fun to watch. I have never seen so many Mahi Straw cradles in my life, Tony. You would have <laughs> loved it. Seriously, like the last five minutes was nonstop false finish after false finish with a cr- Mahi Straw cradle into a backslide into a small package, and it was just nonstop like this, super rapid action. Mm-hmm. Wow. My, my daughter watches wrestling with me sometimes. She was watching with me, and she said, wow, Daddy, that was amazing. And I was like, hell yeah, it was. Um, Lance Storm was smiling somewhere, Ben. Smiling somewhere with, you know, even though he was supposed to be serious, he was smiling. Yes. And then uh, Jay Lethal comes out after Gresham wins the title. And him and Sanjay Dupp, who was, I guess, a producer for Ring of Honor, they attack Jonathan Gresham. And the music plays, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, with the towel over his head, comes the almighty Samoa Joe. Um, Ring of Honor Hall of Famer, Samoa Joe. What a fucking pop that man got when he came out. Um, Yes. I was just like, holy shit. I sent you guys the video for that. Um, He came in. He came out as a face. He messed up Jay Lethal. Or no, he messed up Sanjay Dup. Jay Lethal ran away from him. Um, and then that's how the show ended. And the um, at the end, again, Tony Khan said, oh, by the way, um, Samoa Joe is going to be on AEW this Wednesday. And um, he's now all like all a part of AEW. And you're like, holy <laughs> shit. And then I left out uh, FTR versus the Briscoes. That was the... Uh, like in the middle of the card, all I could say is, wow, they went a half hour. Um, it was just an amazing match. I'm not sure if any of you two watched it, but easily so far, my match of the year for this year so far. It was just yeah. so much fun from, from the, the – you, you remember – I told my brother this. You remember when Brian Danielson wrestled Kenny Omega and they were in the ring and they didn't even do anything? But the crowd is going ape shit because they were staring at each other, like uh, at the Archer Arthur Ashe Stadium. Yeah, that's exactly what happened with these guys in the ring. All four were in the ring; they're staring at each other, and the crowd is going ape shit, and they haven't even done anything. Nice. And it was like, wow, wow! Like the crowd made that show. They were they were just on top of it, and it was just so much fun to watch. So, um, yeah, and uh, as you guys know, um, FTR is now your Ring of Honor World Tag Champions. Um, and at the end they, they hugged and they shook hands. Um, FTR laid the belts down in front of the Briscoes and, you know, they, they paid homage to them and they gave the ring to them and the crowd started saying thank you to the Briscoes because no one knows what's going on with them. And the young bucks come out and attack, uh, the Briscoes and FTR comes out and makes a save. And oh, by the way, they're going to wrestle each other on Wednesday on dynamite. So I hope you're ready for that. They announced that. And you're like, holy shit. So um, I ordered Ring of Honor. It was amazing. It was a great, great show. Uh, very, very happily that I ordered it and just, it did not disappoint. Yeah. I, I, li- I like the uh, the promo that the Bucks cut when yes. uh, 
when they came out there. They, they said something along the lines of, hey, I, I know you guys remember us. We used to wrestle here, but then we left. And then we started we started another company called AEW, and we came back, and we bought Ring of Honor. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, that was, that was really cool. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to see uh, the pay-per-view itself, but I heard a lot of – a lot of really positive things, and then check um, was that? Check out those two matches I told you: the Bucks yeah. or Briscoes, and check out Bandito. It was it was wow, yeah. And then of course, like you said, Samoa Joe coming out at the end. Um, yeah, just a hell of a way to introduce Joe, who is now officially all elite. He's going to be on Dynamite tomorrow. I, I like uh, CM Punk uh, on Instagram at, right after. Uh, Right after Joe debuted, he, he he posted like a still picture of one of their matches. I think Joe had a punk in like a kind of like a cross face thing, and Punk's fight face is bleeding, and over it is like some kind of like romantic song. He's <laughs> just kind of like you know, nice. like I will always love you or some shit like that. Well, did you see, <laughs> see, he's coming out tomorrow, and his first match against is against Max Caster. Oh, nice! Listen, nice. <laughs> Do Max Caster's gonna get like maybe one, one, one word out of his verse, and <laughs> she's gonna beat the shit out of him. Oh man, yeah. I mean, people have been t- people have been anticipating Joe coming back, of mm-hmm. course, but seeing it seeing it happen, you know, I it didn't quite, you know, what did I say? It, it didn't quite take the focus away from the other big debut that happened this weekend. We'll get into that later. Uh, but, you know, Joe debuting for AEW is a big deal. Um, and it proved, and it just proves that AEW is just still moving along on all, on all cylinders. Uh, yeah, this is great fucking news. Adam, how about you? Any reactions to the super card of honor? Yeah, uh, thanks to Bob for uh, updating us on the card because uh, I had forgotten it was that night and uh, a lot of good stuff happened. Uh, I was following, I didn't see it either, but I was following the results along and a lot of good feedback on all the matches. Uh, This is what I was hoping to kind of see out of uh, Ring of Honor when Tony Khan announced that uh, he was purchasing it. You know, again, as, as Bob mentioned, there's a lot of guys who. Got some time on the show that you haven't seen in AEW for a while, like Colt Cabana, uh, Brian Cage. Uh, Jay Lethal's been featured the last couple weeks on Dynamite, but he he was kind of just stuck to dark for quite some time. So now they gave him a major storyline. We all know how talented he is. Then uh, then you're bringing guys in like, uh, you know, from the old Ring of Honor, like Gresham and, and Bandito uh bringing suzuki in uh this was this was a loaded show so um if you're a fan of of uh of wrestling um this is this is great news for you because uh lee moriarty there's another name um you know young younger talent doesn't get a lot of airtime on AEW right now but uh bring of honor might be a place where uh he can wrestle more regularly get some some more high profile matches so it's, it's almost like a brand split to me um, you know, now you got more, you got a huge roster and you got, uh, places for these guys to work and, and, uh, yeah, uh, a lot of great moments that, that got people talking, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens with, 
Samoa Joe, and yeah, I can't wait to see that tag match, especially with uh, with FTR and the, the Briscoes. Uh, we've been building that up for a long time. Uh, what a great match that would be, and sounds like it lived up to all the the hype and the build up. So uh, I think this is a is great uh, great news for wrestling fans. Another another outlet for them to go to. Yeah, I mean we're not. It hasn't been officially uh, stated what ring of honors future is as far as an entity going forward um like i said they it was sold from sinclair group so i'm guessing all the tv time that they were getting from the sinclair broadcasting isn't going to exist anymore so tony khan if he's going to keep ring of honor going has to get some kind of television deal up and running that hasn't been um that hasn't been uh announced yet but you know going forward you know, Ring of Honor could be a place where a lot of the talent that isn't getting a lot of time on AEW, either Dynamite or Rampage, could go. It could be AEW's version of NXT in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. um, which would be cool, you know, um, but we'll see. We, we don't know exactly what's going forward. There's still rumors of the whole streaming deal with HBO Max. If that happens, then you have a streaming host right there where you can post uh, episodes of Ring of Honor every week on HBO Max. That would be awesome. But um, until that gets solidified, you know, Ring of Honor's future is really up in the air. Um, having that supercard of honor and, you know, kind of, you know, doing what you're doing with the championships and everything is a step in the right direction. It shows that they have intentions of keeping Ring of Honor going. Um, just where exactly it's going to be, nobody knows yet. So, well, they did really well on the buy rate. I mean, I saw that they did over two hundred thousand buys for the pay per view. Yeah, yeah. I well, mean, that's that was- that's that's good news. You know, that that's a really good buy rate for for Ring of Honor. So, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, hopefully they'll be able to secure something um, soon, and people will be able to see Ring of Honor on a weekly basis. There's so many outlets out there, so many ways you can you can air your programming now, and yeah. I'm pretty confident they'll figure something out well, sooner rather than later. Well, maybe they can go like the YouTube route until they secure something. You never know. Yeah. You know, so yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, well, that was Friday of the weekend. <laughs> that was just Friday. Moving into Saturday, um, you got night one of WrestleMania. As we all know, WrestleMania now is a two-night event, um, and night one was uh, surprisingly good. I mean, we 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 going into WrestleMania, a lot of us were just kind of like, "Man, this this card's kind of garbage." I don't care about really anything going into this, but WWE was able to, you know, produce really entertaining matches. You know, surprisingly, um, WrestleMania itself, while this was not the greatest WrestleMania of all time, there was still a lot of filler. There was still a lot of, you know, things that were just kind of like, meh, which I think you're going to get from a two-night event no matter what. Um, It was not the disaster I was thinking it was going to be, considering that they didn't really build a lot going into it. Um, You know, there was some, you know, I'm not going to go into match-by-match breakdown. 
Um, but I'm going to highlight some of the some of the top spots from the first night. Um, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. That was a great match. That was one of the matches that they did actually successfully build a storyline going into it. Um, and the match paid off. Bianca Belair is fucking amazing. Um, she pulled off another uh, over-the-top performance like she did last year with Sasha Banks. And, um, you know, Becky sir, Becky was just right there with her. You know, Be- Becky had an amazing match as well. And, you know, paid off with Bianca winning the the – the what was it? Is it? It's the Raw Championship, right? That they have. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's her first loss. In yeah. Like a long time, right. Yeah, in a long time. Yeah. Um, because she she never lost the belt because she sure. she had, she gave it up because she got pregnant, and then she won it automatically at SummerSlam in controversial fashion, as we all said when she she squashed Bianca Belair and took the title back at SummerSlam. Um, but yeah, Bianca was able to avenge that squash loss from WrestleMania or from SummerSlam and in a hell of a match. And now she's the raw champion again. Good for her. That was, that was a hell of a match. Um, you had uh, <laughs> the Miz and Logan Paul against the Mysterios. Um, another, like just like Bad Bunny last year, where you're really surprised how this match uh, got to be as entertaining as it actually was. I was convinced that this match was going to be a fucking train wreck. Yeah, I was. I was convinced that this match was going to be a fucking train wreck. But give it up to Logan Paul. Like, love him or hate him, he put the work in and was able to entertain. Um, Bob, you 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 alluded to the whole uh, shoulder shimmy that he did to piss Instant. the crowd off. Yeah, that was a heat magnet and a half. He he goes up to the top rope, does Eddie Guerrero's shoulder shimmy, and goes right into a frog splash. The crowd goes nuclear heat on him. He did the three amigos too, though. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did the three amigos as well. And and another cool thing was Dominic Mysterio his uh, his costume. Uh, yeah, the art the art bar tribute, uh, the red, white, and blue. Yep. So yeah, just just a really cool match all around. Um, like I said, I was anticipating it being a disaster, but it wasn't. They were able to, you know, they were actually able to get a really interesting and really cool match out of it. Um, I I wouldn't put it on the same uh, level as Bad Bunny from last year. It wasn't quite that good, but it was still entertaining enough. Um, what else? Uh, of course, Cody making his debut against uh, Seth Rollins. Um, I I still was not really all that invested in it because there was zero build up to it. Even though you knew Cody was going to debut, there was nothing between him. There was literally nothing between him and Seth. You don't know what the fuck they were fighting for, really, aside from there just being a match. Um, but the match that they did have was really fucking good. Um, and you can expect that from two guys like Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. They were gonna, they were not gonna disappoint in this match. Cody, of course, everybody was surprised that he comes out in his American Nightmare gimmick from AEW. The 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 
the costume, the the entrance where he comes up from the floor, even the music, everything is the same. And I think that was that was part of his demand from when he came over. It's like I I'm going to be this character. And from when I read online, um, when he had a meeting with Vince about it, Vince was like, "Well, if it ain't broke, then why fix it?" So. I like how he came out with his music, though. And if you listen to the lyrics of the music, it's pretty much ripping on the WWE. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) But, um, yeah, those two had a really good match. Um, I like uh, Cody's uh, tribute to to the dream, doing the bionic elbows and everything. Um, Just a really, really cool match. Cody ends up going, going over. And, uh, yeah, the American Nightmare is officially back in WWE. Um, what else was from the uh, the first night? Charlotte and Ronda. Yeah, Charlotte and Ronda. That was not a good match. That was that, – that was I, – I get what they're trying to do with Ronda Rousey. I know she's a name. It's just that she – you would think she would have it down by now. You know, they they she had a run with the title before she got pregnant and was away for a bit. This is not new to her. She should know what she's doing by now. And she's in the match with Charlotte, one of the best women's wrestlers out there. It was just it, it was flat. It was just flat. Uh, no chemistry between them. It was just bleh. and Charlotte ended up winning the match, which a lot of people were surprised by. Um yeah. The test big boot. Yeah, yeah, she she did the test boot on her. Um, Yeah, and then there was some backstage rumblings that uh, Ronda was super pissed that their match was not the the last match of the first night, that they they were not the main event match, that it went to uh, Stone Cold and Kevin Owens instead. To that, I'm like, come on. You really expect to be... (laughs) the fucking main event over stone cold in Dallas. Come on, girl, <laughs> stop yourself. <laughs> you know? So yeah, that was, that was one of the clean, that was one of the clunkers of the night along with the first match, which was the Usos against uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Uh, Boogs uh, ended up getting a, uh, a legit injury during that match. I think he, uh, he tore Patella. Yeah. He tore Patella and, um, there was a spot where he he had um both he was try, he tried to get both of the Usos up uh at the same time and he tore his uh, patella and yeah he was uh he had to get uh carried out of the out of the match it was just it it it, it was just uh, a no go after that so unfortunate I don't think it was anybody's fault really it just you know is what it was um but yeah then you have Kevin Owens. And Stone Cold at the end, which nobody was really sure what that match was going to be going into it. Everybody was like, well, it's just going to be like a, an interview. Maybe Stone Cold will give him the stunner at the end or whatever. No, it turned into a legit match. And Stone Cold, he acquitted himself very well for a man who has not wrestled in a, in a legit match in almost 20 years. So, yeah, that was fun as hell. Um, yeah, like I said, the first night surprisingly was really fucking good um how bob what what was your impressions on night one of wrestlemania i i thought it was like like you said i originally looking into it um 
I, I was looking over the card and I was trying to tell myself which which matches I was actually excited for. Uh, so I think the first night had like seven matches and there was only like three matches I was excited for. And it turned out to be, you know, maybe like five or six of them were pretty good. Same thing for night two. I was just like, oh, maybe four matches I'm excited for. And again, the same thing. I was just like, wow, it surprised me a lot. Like the, I felt like the WWE uh, stepped it up and, and they did a good job on both nights. Um, yeah, like like you, you did a good rundown of everything. And like you said, Logan Paul surprised the shit out of me. Um, you know, like I said, instant heat magnet, what, what he was doing. Um, I didn't care for the Usos match. I didn't really care for, for Corbin and McIntyre, which was, I mean, it was decent, you know, decent match. Oh, yeah, that one, yeah. Like you said, Bianca and, and Becky, fantastic match, great match. Uh, the Cody thing, like you said, it was, was just was just fun, you know, it was just like, okay, he's finally here, and to see them two wrestle, it was, just, it was good to see him in the ring. Um and just the Austin thing was a lot of fun. And, you know, the crowd was loving it. I know our boy Perry was there, so he, he seemed to have been having a good time. He was yeah. you know, sending us messages, so that's awesome. And then uh, I, I was I was eager, seeing how they stepped up for night one. I was eagerly anticipating night two. So, um, and, and again, it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. How about you, Adam? Any thoughts on night one of WrestleMania? <clears throat> well, I'm glad you guys went to me last because that gave me the chance to look up who the fuck Logan Paul is. <laughs> I had no idea who that guy was. I don't know who he is. I'm but... thinking, yeah. Um, but that's just me being old. Um, yeah, uh, everything that, uh, again, I was following along online also uh, for both nights. And yeah, a lot of people were very happy with the first night. Uh, and I'm happy for you, if you're a WWE fan, because. I know we've been doing a lot of ragging lately, disappointed in what they're putting out. So I'm glad the fans are happy and, and having a good time. That's that's uh, that's number one. Uh, yeah, by all accounts, the uh, Bianca and Becky Lynch match uh, was a showstopper. Uh, Ric Flair, I think, gave it a lot of praise uh, on his Twitter. Um, I saw highlights of the Austin match unbelievable 19 year layoff and he can still he yeah. can still deliver it um and i'll be honest with everyone i was shocked uh you know the whole you know obviously austin hasn't wrestled in all that long and it seems like formulaic always you know oh he'll do an interview or he'll come in and he'll stunt somebody and it's like so that's why i wasn't really like paying much attention to him uh participating this year but when I found out that it was actually a no holds barred match, I had to go check into it. I'm like, oh well, I thought I just I totally wasn't expecting it. And I know uh, Kevin Owens was the perfect person uh, to work with him. Uh, he built it up really great. Um, he's awesome in the ring. He knows what he's doing. Uh, he's been using the stunner for years, so uh, that that seemed like a really really fun match. Also. Um, and the the Cody thing, it's it's just funny, you know, because I, I, I was on Twitter uh, after the the Ring of Honor show we just talked about, and Meltzer, I think it was, came out with some report. Oh, uh, Cody's gonna back out of the match. It's like you cannot trust wrestling journalism no. one fucking iota. Um, I expected Cody to to show up, and I expected him to be there. I wasn't shocked that he was. Uh, still kind of reeling from it a bit. I'm sure we'll talk about that more just because of, you know, we talked about it before where, uh, from where he, where he was to where he wound up, but, uh, match, uh, I wanted great things to say about that too. And it, it's just one of those iconic 
WrestleMania moments that people are going to talk about 10 years down the road when, when he came back. Uh, and I really liked what he had to say after the show, um, trying to, to win the, win the big one since, uh, his father or his brother didn't get the chance to wear world title WWE. That's, that's a uh, good motivation besides, uh, maybe a little bit of green, uh, that might have something to do with it too. But, yeah. uh, again, uh, it sounds, seems like a very successful first night. A lot of, I saw a lot of chatter online. A lot of people were pleasantly surprised. Yeah, uh, we could talk about Cody a little bit more when we talk about the Raw after WrestleMania. Uh, but yeah, it's that first night surprisingly went well, and then the next day, Sunday was night number two, and night number two <coughs> was okay. I wouldn't say it was as good as night one. <clears throat> but it, it still acquitted itself okay. Um, some of the highlights from night two, uh, you had, um, what did you have? You had, uh, well, first off, you had a match that was cut for time from night one, which uh, a lot of people, when they found out about it, were pissed off. It, the New Day against uh, Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Um, the match itself was was. Bah. It was yeah, it was not good. Um, but a lot of people were pissed off. Seconds. A lot of people were pissed off because it was the new day that got cut. You know, you, these are guys who are you know still a big part of your of your program. Um, you know, shit. You're only a couple of years removed from Kofi winning the championship, but then you cut them for time, and a lot of people were like, "Wait, wait, wait! You're gonna have Logan Paul." on pay-per-view uh, and all this other stuff, but you're going to cut the the New Day and all this other kind of crap. WWE, you know, of course, saw the heat that they got for cutting that match for time, so they put it on to night number two, and the match was just, it sucked. So It, was, <laughs> it wasn't even two minutes. Yeah, uh-uh. yeah. The, it, the problem I thought was... Um, First of all, like the opening match at night one was was the one where Boogs got hurt, so they had to cut that match because he got hurt. So the match ended quickly. Yeah. But then before each match, you had like a seven or nine minute vignette of each and every match. Yeah. That it, just, it was not it was not necessary. You didn't need that shit for every single match. If you don't know the build up to each match, I mean that's your problem. But you could kind of summarize it in maybe two three minutes. You don't need a nine minute mat a vignette of what's been going on for the last seven months because no one cares. Yeah. And then that's what you do that for each and every match. We're talking about like seven matches that they had night one. You do each one of that. You know, the, it's that's just over, like that. that, that that's o- yeah. That's over, that's over an hour of yeah video vignettes mm-hmm. that yeah you don't need. You know, and who gives a shit? I'm not, I don't need a 10-minute video package on Drew McIntyre and Happy Corbin. Fuck those, you know? The show that they sold a sword and how Happy Corbin became Happy Corbin and Mad yeah. Cat Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Andre the Giant Battle Royal winner, Mad Cat Moss. You, 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 you get, you get Cor- that right. Corbin winner, too, and so is Cesaro. Yeah. And so big show, and look what they're all doing. Yeah, exactly. That was their WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of that, I, I, I posted it on our on our Facebook group. You know, a lot of people were pissed off about New Day getting cut. At least they had a match. Finn Balor and Ricochet, your United States champion and your intercontinental champion, weren't even at fucking WrestleMania. Those are your- they were on 
they were on SmackDown for the Andre the Giant battle. Yeah, that 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 Finn Balor got job to at, at the end by Mad Cat Moss. Oh Jesus Christ! Um, yeah, and it's not like they've been doing anything since they've had the belts. I, I remember when I was on vacation, I saw Raw and. Um, Austin Theory kicked Ricochet's ass in like a minute and a half, going into WrestleMania in his match with Pat Ma- his match with Pat McAfee, and I'm like, "That's your Intercontinental Champion, man! You're he, you're jobbing him out clean in like two minutes to Austin Theory. Oh, for fuck's sake! Um, but yeah, it's whatever. That that is what that is. Speaking of uh. Austin Theory and uh, Pat McAfee. That was also on night two of WrestleMania. Um, I was not really impressed with the match, to be honest with you. Um, Pat McAfee acquits himself okay as a wrestler, um, but it this was not. Uh, it, if I were to give it a star rating, I'd probably give it like a two and a half. It, it was what it was, you know. It's. Yeah, you know, and and Pat McAfee beats Austin Theory, but then Vince McMahon gets involved and um, actually does have a match with Pat McAfee and wins. And then at the end, uh, here comes Stone Cold again. And um, during the post-match celebration, what is undoubtedly the, the worst stunner sell of all time? Adam, I don't know if you've seen it on, online yet or not. Look it up. Austin and McMahon drinking a beer afterwards. Austin kicks McMahon in the stomach to set up to set up the, the stunner. And Vince McMahon showing you he's every bit of a 77-year-old man. He gets kicked in the stomach, goes down to one knee. Austin tries picking him up <laughs> to give him the stunner. And then Vince kind of like stumbles back into the ropes and the whole time Austin's like fuck man just stop and finally gets him set up gives him the stunner and Vince just sells it like shit speaking of Mick Foley we were talking about Mick Foley um, uh, earlier his son posted a video of of, uh, Mick Foley reacting to to the stunner and it was just Mick Foley laughing his ass off hysterically <laughs> for like 45 seconds, like crying, laughing. I recorded it and I sent it to my brother when it happened live. So I just sent it to you, Adam, right now. So you'll probably be getting it within a few seconds. You too, Tony. Yeah. Uh, so Adam, check it out. But yeah. And then, and then someone obviously, cause the internet world is genius. Someone re-edited it and showed Vince taking it properly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> out there now yeah it's just it's the worst stunner sell of all time so yeah it that was that was austin getting involved in the pat mcafee austin theory match again it was is what it was not not really a classic the the number of really good matches on night two did not really uh match night one edge versus aj styles was a pretty good match um you know, it was, I, I liked it. You know, a lot of people were kind of split on it. Um, in the end, oh, Adam, Adam, you're. you're I'm sorry, I'm watching the stunner now. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. 
Edge's, Edge's entrance, fucking awesome. Yeah, Edge's entrance Edge, was cool. But you you talked about it night one, Cody and, and Seth Rollins. What was the what was the 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 build up storyline angle with with Edge and AJ? There was there was really none. There wasn't any. Yeah, I need a challenge. Oh, you're gonna challenge me here. Here's a low blow. I just turned heel. Now we're gonna wrestle. And now we're gonna feud. Um, I love uh, the the match was was, was good. You know, mm-hmm. but I, I love how uh, now he's teamed up with uh, Damian Priest, right? Yeah. And when I saw the entrance and when I saw the first thing I thought of was House of Black, like what, what they're kind of doing with all that stuff. And I don't know if you saw the WWE posted a picture of Edge and Damian Priest in the ring together. And it said, name this tag team. So Brody King. I did see House this. Yes. He writes, <laughs> when you order the House of Black on Wish.com, <laughs> I absolutely loved it. And I guess people were giving him shit about it because, you know, how the world can't take a joke anymore. And yeah, he had to write, right. like, guys, it was a joke. These people are my friends, you know, like, <laughs> get over it. But it's still, because it's, if you see Edge's promos, because, again, you watch these nine-minute vignettes that they did, you would see Edge talking and, and like, this dark, dim light, and he's talking, hey, that looks kind of like Malachi Black does it, you know? like, mm-hmm. And then has the most metal, like, intro you could ever think of, which, again, it was awesome, but it's like, hey, um, kind of reminds you of someone that's over in AEW. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it was... I don't know what they're doing with this whole stable that they're trying to put together uh, with Edge. But, yeah, it, it does very much have some uh, House of Black vibes to it. We'll see where it goes. Um, there were some rumblings there that uh, Rhea Ripley might be a member of it soon, which would be pretty interesting. Um, speaking of that, Night 2 also had uh, the women's tag team match, which was kind of meh. Uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi are now your women's tag team champions. So Sasha goes from main eventing one of the nights of WrestleMania last year to now being in a women's tag team. Um, whatever. Uh, so um, what? What? Oh, uh, Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. Um, for what that was, I was entertained. You know, nice. I yeah. It was it was it was funny. It, it it was what it was. It was basically a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon uh, in a wrestling match. It, if you were expecting more than that, I don't know what to tell you. You know, it, John, it, no, go it ahead. Was much, it was definitely much needed. Um, yeah, you know, the WWE comes out as sports entertainment, and I was entertained. I was fucking yeah. entertained. I had my boy with me. We were watching it, and we laughed our asses off for like seven to nine minutes because of all the comedy spots that they had on it. And it was just, it had a little bit of everything, and it was definitely much needed. So yeah, I, I, I loved it. It was great. Yeah, I love. I loved how uh, what's it called that that huge hand that they have when you know that the slapping mm-hmm. hand. Mark Henry's kid. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> it was the the WrestleMania debut of Mark Henry and May Young's kid. Oh yes. Jesus! Yeah, that was um, or, or when Wee Man comes up and he body slams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, probably, I'm, I'm gonna say that that's that's Hulk Hogan lifted on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, that, uh, it was what it was, and I was entertained by it. You know, I, I'm not I'm not gonna be one of those people who's like, oh, how dare you sully WrestleMania? Is like, this is what WrestleMania is, and yep. you know, it's. 
for what it was, I thought it was fun. You know, at least at least Johnny Knoxville didn't win the IC belt. You know, that's whatever. You, you didn't put a championship on him. Instead, you put it on Ricochet and you have him jobbing out to anybody. So, whatever. Um, and then, what am I, am I forgetting? Omas. What's Omas. that? Oh, Omas. Omas and Bobby Lashley. That's right. That was a waste of time. That was a waste of time. Omas, um, you know, he's a huge dude. And as most huge dudes are, they are very limited in the ring. Um, Bobby Lashley ends up going over. He gives a, you know, a couple spears to Omas and gets to one, two, three, and then next night on Raw, the two meet up again. And uh, MVP, Bobby Lashley's longtime manager, does the switch, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it turns on Bobby Lashley and goes with Omas. So now Bobby Lashley's a full fledged babyface again. Um, We'll see where that goes, but yep. yeah, that match was just you know Lashley tried as much as he could, but that you, there's only so much you can do with the with a guy like Omas <coughs> to make for an intriguing match. The guy is just huge, so yeah, that's what that was. And then you have your main event, the the unifying championship match between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Uh, the quote-unquote greatest WrestleMania match of all time that they were trying to build it as. Um, And it was not the greatest WrestleMania match (laughs) of all time. Um, It wasn't even the greatest match between these two that I've ever seen. It was was okay. Um, I I was kind of entertained by it up until the end. The end just seemed disjointed. It, It just, it ended pretty quickly. Um... It just fell flat. The ending just fell flat for me. Um, Roman ends up going over. He is now your unified champion. Brock's probably on his way back to his ranch for the next six months. We'll probably we'll, we'll see him again in SummerSlam probably. Um, but yeah, that that was uh, night two of WrestleMania. Like I said, um, not as good as night one in my opinion, but still okay. And overall, I would say WrestleMania this year was not as good as last year's, uh, but better than kind of average. I'd say I, it's like middle of the pack, you know. Especially it's it's hard to, it's hard to kind of judge these two nighters because there's just so much that are packed into these two nights, <clears throat> as opposed to the older ones, which is just one night. So. Um, yeah, for what it was, I thought it, I thought it was okay. Uh, Bob, what was your what were your thoughts on night two? Um, I, I like night one better. Um, you like you said here, a lot of the matches. Uh, we, we didn't talk about the Randy Orton match, the tag team match that they. Oh had. yeah, that's right. That that was a pretty good match. I I liked that match. It was pretty good. I mean, the Street Profits are a lot of fun. Uh, they were hyping the shit out of Gable Stevenson or yeah. Stevenson. Um, so, you know, they kept showing him, but I mean, that was a pretty decent match, but like we said, Lashley and Omas was definitely not needed. I didn't care for the women's tag team match. Um, like you said, Edge and AJ was kind of fun. Um, the new day again, that was just two minute waste. Um, 
I loved again that Austin came out. I loved the whole thing with McMahon at the end. That was a lot of fun, especially when he took off his shirt and he's like, he's going to get in the ring. And then they brought out a ref. And I'm like, oh shit, Vince is going to wrestle. You know? <laughs> uh, so that was just a lot of fun. And, and then um, again, Roman and Brock, it's just like two bulls in a china shop. You know, you just let them go at it. And it was finisher after finisher after finisher. I think we saw like seven spears and seven Superman punches and like five, yeah. five attempts. And it was just like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, to, uh, hype it up like the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. I get it. They're, they're trying to advertise and promote it, but um, they, they think we have a short-term memory and we haven't seen this match seven times in the past. Um, but yeah, I mean, night one, I think in my, in my opinion was a lot better. It was still a lot of fun. Again, um, I like how they kept bringing out the Hall of Famers and we forgot to talk about how amazing it was that the Undertaker walked to the ring so fast during the Hall of Fame. You know, it, it didn't take him like seven hours just to walk out like his normal. <laughs> um. So, yeah, it was just uh, night one, in my opinion, was a lot better. Yeah. How about you, Adam? Thoughts on night two? Yeah, it sounds to me like the same. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I'll be honest about uh, Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. I thought, you know, obviously you guys made a good point. It's WrestleMania. It's, it's you know, you got your serious matches and you got your comedic value matches and uh, the buzz on that. Uh, seem to be really good. Uh, a lot of people were entertained by it, and like you said, Tony, uh, you know, Johnny won, but he didn't get a title. Uh, although the way they're treating the IC belt, I don't know if that would have tainted the IC belt any further, anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, I heard that match was well produced, lots of fun to watch. Um, I like to check out the Edge and AJ Styles match myself. Um, yeah, I agree with you. What you had to say on the new day, I, I don't understand it. The, the whole thing is ridiculous. And to be honest, with the uh, with the tons of vignettes leading up to everything, that's bothered me for 20 years. But I mean, it's gotten worse. Back, it has gotten worse. I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. But it used to bother me uh, anyway. It's like, you know, you could fit more stuff in yeah. if you didn't do this shit. So that's that's a real shame. It, it um, used to be where they would do the vignettes, but not for every match. Like the yeah, undercard so matches, they wouldn't do it. They would only do it for like the, the upper card. Uh, but those vignettes still were only like maybe three or four minutes, whatever. This yeah. is before every match, and it's like Jesus Christ! It, it, it's it's like a like a mini documentary before each match. You don't need it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, AEW in the last couple pay-per-views did it for a couple matches, but not before every one. I think, yeah, they got to limit that. Yeah. Um, again, uh, I I don't have a whole lot of great things to say about Pat McAfee, Austin Theory, and, and a 76-year-old man getting in the ring. I just, uh, I mean, I know Austin McMahon is is, is the be-all, end-all, but, it, you know, uh, Obviously, Vince is beginning to show his age. Um, the title match, I wanted to ask you guys: Is twelve minutes like for you know really short to you for a title match? Because I think it is. I mean, the Johnny Knoxville match was longer. I think they, and they, he's not a wrestler. Well, like I like I said, when you know the ending didn't do it for me. I think they were rushing it because they were it was mm-hmm. they were running out of time. And, um, yeah, the main event's going to get impacted if if you keep on going over in the middle of the card, especially, like, in matches like the Johnny Knoxville match or the Edge and AJ match or anything, like, matches that go on for, like, 20 minutes to a half an hour, the main event's going to suffer because they're going to have to end it at some point, you know, on time. 
And I think that's what happened with the main event. That and, you know, I think Brock can benefit from not going 20 minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it, – I think that, that kind of puts it in as well. You know, Brock is not the Brock of old. He can't do like a 20-minute match anymore. Um you know, he's not Goldberg where you have to limit it to like three minutes, sure. but you know, he, he's not, I don't think he, he, if you go any longer than like say 10, 15 minutes with Brock, you're, you're kind of chancing it. I mean, the old schooler in me, you know, when I hear title versus title, I think WrestleMania six Hogan and warrior and, you know, Hogan and warrior can't wrestle their way out of a paper bag, but they managed to get 20 some minutes out of that somehow. Um, so I think the fans kind of got shortchanged on that a little bit. Well, it, ca- um, it came out too yesterday that the producer who worked on the main event, uh, was a Pat Buck, right? Yeah, yeah. He resigned from WWE right the right after mm-hmm. right after WrestleMania. So maybe there was some sh- maybe there there was something that happened after that. But yeah, wow. well, he, he came out and said that the reason he resigned is he's he's got a uh, family and a small kid, and he's missing all his time with his family. So mm-hmm. he, he just said, "I'm done." That was his, he came out and like wrote a lengthy thing after that. I I guess, but uh, family uh, first. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So all in all, uh, based on what I've heard and seen, uh, it was it had a lot of good moments. It just seems I don't know if the two night thing is necessary. Um, you know, back in the day, obviously four or five hours is is a long time. But um, I mean, if you pack the card right, I think a lot of fans would sit through it and not complain about the length. It's yeah, it's about the quality of the of the the matches you're presenting. So I think if you cut some some of the fat off of this card, I think uh, it would have been really pretty solid if you just condensed it in the one night. That's my opinion. Well, I think the way they do it now is if, if fans are willing to buy tickets to two nights worth of shows, they'll fucking do it, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and don't forget, like, leading up to this, like, especially the WrestleMania they had in uh, in uh, San Francisco when, uh, when um, Rollins cashed in the title, you're having WrestleManias that are going like six, seven hours. They're trying. They're trying to just jam so much into one night, um, to the point where the by the end of it, the audience is just wasted. So yeah. if you're going to do that, might as well just make it two nights. You know, because even with two nights uh, this weekend, you're, you those two nights. I mean, Saturday's card went like four almost five hours it seemed yeah. you know and, and night yeah. two was not far behind that so it's you're still getting a ton of a ton of product out there on two nights so well then i'll revise it and say uh jump on the train that tony was on uh they should have defended u.s title the ic belt at least drop, yeah drop two of those matches that we didn't really care about i'm yeah. sorry i mean lashley and Amos, is that how you say his name? Omas. Omas, sorry. I mean, I don't I don't care that much. And yeah. like, Lashley, I think, is still recovering from an injury anyway. So, um, yeah, I don't know. But, again, I don't want to crap all over it. Uh, but, yeah. Um, well, just there seem to be four or five good WrestleMania moments. So, like you said, that's about average. Well, it just goes to show you 
what Vince thinks of those belts, you know. They're obviously not important enough to be on the biggest show of the year, so. Well, then he needs to listen to our shows, damn it, about, <laughs> about those, and then he'll change his mind, maybe. Damn it. All right. Well, let's before we're done with our wrestling news, I know it's a lot of wrestling news. We've been, talk, we've been talking about this for over an hour now, but there was more wrestling news. One more bit. Yeah, last night, the Raw after WrestleMania, uh, which is always the biggest Raw of the year. Um, I was at work, so I didn't really get a chance to see a lot of it. I was just kind of following it out online. I know Cody came out and cut his promo. <clears throat> You know, like Adam said earlier, he, he explained why he's in, back in WWE now. A lot of it has to do with doing what his father didn't do, whatnot. Um, I have some thoughts on that. <laughs> you know, as far as Cody goes, you know, you could go on and on and say, yeah, I'm doing this for my father, which I guess in a sense he could be for real. But let's be honest, you know. I think a lot of it was that, yeah, it's money. Yeah, of course, Bob's, Bob's doing the money signal. Yeah, cue the Ted DiBiase song. Yeah. I, I think what it came down to was Tony Khan took creative control over an AEW. I think that, and booking decisions, I think, were very important to Cody. Um, and, of course, you know, Tony Khan made the decision that, hey, the money you're making and the money you're asking for, I'm not willing to give you because, you know, there's a a lot of guys around you who are, I think are more worthy of it. And that's Tony Khan's prerogative. So I think Cody made the decision. If I'm not going to get booking control in AEW, I know I'm not going to get in WWE. So I might as well just make as much money as I can go for the biggest contract, go for the biggest payday. And of course, WWE is going to give him a fucking shitload of money considering the backstory of him jumping over from AEW. It was a shrewd business move, you know, very shrewd business move on Cody's part. Like I said, I'm rooting for Cody. I hope everything goes right with him. Um, I, I hope it's not an instance where he goes over there and then Vince loses interest in him and he's fucking jobbing the madcap Moss in three months. I really hope that's not the case. I don't think it is. If if it if it's true what he is making, I don't think Vince is going to be doing that. But um, yeah, I I I'm not one of those people who's like betrayed by Cody because he 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 left for the money. It's a fucking business. Everybody leaves for money sooner or later. So you know, get over yourself. I, I think it's you know, Cody went for Cody reasons, and yay. That's 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 his decision. So I hope he does well um, as far as that goes, as far as like the and also the interviews he did online with Ariel Hawani and and, all, and uh, Sean Ross Sapp and everything. Um, what was your guys uh, impression of Cody's take on why he left AEW? Bob, you want to ring in on that first? Uh, again, the biggest thing that you, you just uh, chimed in on was it, it's it's a business uh, it's a business and he said he had unfinished business so he wanted to go back and he told the story yesterday about how his dad had a picture of the mantle at the house in their bedroom where he had the title that uh, he had won via count out against superstar billy graham uh madison square garden but the titles didn't change hands so he never was officially the champion so he wanted to get the championship belt for his dad that's the story he told yesterday 
Um, it's a good story. You know, you, you want to get the crowd involved, especially those WWE faithful who don't know who Cody is over these last couple of years. If they haven't followed AEW or if they just knew of him as, uh, you know, Stardust. Um, but I mean, it's a good story, but, um, I, I think he had a great match with, with Seth Rollins and, you know, that, that, uh, stood out. And I, I look forward to seeing what they do with the Cody character. Um, I just don't want to see him jumping all over interviews all over the place and talking shit um, about, you know, AEW or just talking shit about Tony Khan or anything like that. Because he keeps saying that he's trying to do everything professional. So stay professional. You know, I love I love how the Bucks keep chiming in on shit, you know, like, uh, <laughs> to, um, hey, I thought we were going to do all in part two or, uh, you know, you know, stuff like that. But they're doing it in a jokeful manner, you know, and. And they're not being disrespectful, which I think is hilarious because they're being the Bucks. But um, like yesterday, he came out and at WrestleMania, you got the whole Cody intro, the AEW style, uh, you know, intro and stuff like that. You didn't, you said you didn't watch it, but um, the WWE on Raw last night, Cody comes out and you just have like the camera kind of like zoom up from the bottom up to show him instead of like rising because he couldn't rise up because they don't have a ramp that big on Raw. So like, like even just the intro like oh that didn't look good <laughs> you know yeah. like automatically instead of him rising up from the ground it's just automatically hey there's cody he's all up in your face um so it's just like it didn't have that same kind of effect of aew and he came out and um you know he did a cody promo just like he does like it reminded me of like the uh anthony agogo promo that he did in the in aew you know he's all emotional and there's a couple times when he stops and he wants to start crying because he's talking about his dad but um, I wish Cody the best. I, I don't see any kind of problem with him winning the title because I think eventually he'll get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, just uh, I, I really hope that, like you said, a year from now we're not saying, "Oh, look, you know, Cody's feuding with Madcap Moss," and I wonder how that's going to go for him before we talk about one of our shows. Yeah. How about you, Adam? Thoughts on Cody? Yeah, um, flying the same line. Um, it is. It's a smart. It's a smart business move. Uh, I understand why he made it. Um, you know, it's, again, it's just unusual to see someone who who uh, started something from the ground up uh, jump over the other side. He supposedly hated so much, but again, um, you know, it, it it just seemed like uh, he kept saying it was time. It was time, and maybe he's right due to the losing the creative part and uh you know kind of sliding down the card a little bit also um but yeah i share i share uh everybody's concern um uh the Rhodes family hasn't been exactly treated like the wrestling royalty they are over the years i mean obviously when dusty came in uh as the american dream um in the late 80s he was obviously past his prime hogan was running things so he wasn't gonna he wasn't going to win the title anyway, but I mean, to dress him up in polka dots and make him look ridiculous, I thought, you know, that wasn't, I was never cool with that. Uh, he still got of, it over, though. Got to give it to Dusty. He still got that over. Yeah, I didn't like it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I like NWA Dusty. Uh, you know, they made Dustin into a joke after a while also, so you'll have to pardon my skepticism. Um you know, uh, one point that I did read that I found interesting um, is that 
Cody may be used and pushed very well if no for no other reason to show other AEW talent. You know, if you jump over, uh, you know, you can make a lot more money and uh, get a lot more exposure. So uh, that may be one of the reasons why Vince wanted him. Um, yeah, but there's yeah. a warning for that because not everybody is Cody. Cody, right. I think, got a lot of that money and a lot of that exposure because he was one of the founding fathers of AEW. You know, yeah. and there was a lot of, you know, a, a lot that could be built on storyline from that. If somebody, say, like MJF were to do the same thing, he's not going to get Cody money going over. He's just not. He he might be able to get more than what he's currently making in AEW, but he's not going to be making, like, the the rumored, like, five or six million dollars a year that Cody's getting, you know? Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought that was an interesting point, but then again, if you think about it, for every Cody, there's four or five people who say, "Oh, I can't. I'm so glad I'm out of there." You know, you got your exactly your Malachi Blacks yeah. and, and uh, Moxley's, your your punks, Moxley, you know? all those folks. Yeah. So uh, Keith Lee, the, yeah. The other thing I thought of too was um, in terms of of uh, Cody being used properly, and of course, the thought just left my head. <laughs> Ah, uh, shit. Sorry. You can edit this out. The wonders are getting old, man. I, I, I hear I you. Know. They should have uh, Cody just... come out and send Veer at the same time. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you, you could just edit it out. I forgot I forgot what I was going to say. Just no, we'll, we'll just move on from it. It's fine. But, um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And, uh, yeah, I mean, big ups for Cody. You know, he's he's back. He's back in uh, the motherland, and uh, he's uh, he's doing well for himself. So let's see. I mean, who knows? Maybe he will be the next guy to uh, challenge Roman Reigns for the for the belt. You never know. They need somebody fresh, and I just I think I remembered what I was going to say. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> That's why they got Veer. Yep. Yeah, they they, they need somebody fresh. I uh, my biggest concern uh, too is. You know, when Chris Jericho first made the jump, I remember reading in Jericho's book that Vince McMahon didn't get him. And yeah. so, you know, I'm paying you a lot of money. What the hell am I paying you for? You're not delivering. You know, it, I think I think Vince has to be patient and just let it play out. And again, uh, you know, who's next to challenge Roman? Uh, as you said, Brock is going to be on the ranch. Uh, they haven't built up many credible contenders. So, um you know, this could be this could be great timing on Cody's part too. Yeah, maybe he saw he saw that that the the title pool was a lot shallower yeah. on the other side. Well, speaking of uh, <clears throat> of uh, Cody and and the Raw after WrestleMania, I don't know if you guys saw, but the after Raw ended, he had a a, a dark match with Kevin Owens, and there was some some <laughs> some news to come out of that. I guess uh, Co- Kevin Owens knocked. Cody down at one point, and when he did, he did the uh, the Young Bucks pose to him. Awesome! <laughs> and somebody actually caught that uh, in the crowd and and put it up online, and the, the Young Bucks reacted to it. They, you know how they always uh, change their Twitter bio uh, whenever mm-hmm. things come up, and they changed their Twitter bio. And said, "Hey, what up, Kev?" 
And uh, Kevin Owens changed him and said, hey, friends. So, <laughs> That's great. As everybody knows, it's not, a, it's not a hit at the Bucks. Kevin Owens and the Bucks are, are very yeah. close friends. Um, yeah, that, that, that was cool as hell. And also, Bob, how can we mention Raw after WrestleMania? Absolutely. Without mentioning the Veer has finally found his way to Raw. He has arrived. <laughs> At the expense of the Mysterios, by the way. He, he uh, The Mysterios are wrestling The Miz. The Miz won. And all of a sudden, the music plays, and here comes Veer. And he comes in, and he does a couple strong lariat clotheslines, and then he puts uh, Dominic Mysterio in like a... Uh, at first, I thought it was the uh, the camel clutch, but instead of like clutching the arms, he kind of like just hooks one arm and like wrapped his arm around uh, both arms around Dominic's face and just kind of like turns his neck and did like a neck crank. So then I saw later on a lovely a uh, article that came out that says Veer comes hard on Dominic Mysterio <laughs> forces him to submit and unload <laughs> <on Ray> Mysterio. <laughs> I was just like that. That's the perfect headline for Veer's intro. So, yeah, you uh, you sent that to me. I was laughing my ass off, and then Jim Cornette tweeted about it too. Jim Cornette, yeah, he he quote tweeted and is like, "Did anybody just read this fucking headline before sending this out? What the fuck?" Yeah. Oh god, that other one that um, I don't I don't really see this eight eight months to uh, to hype that up, and, and and again. We'll be talking about how opening up, uh, you know, two hundred five live next year. Yeah. Now I, I didn't see Raw last night. Did they talk with Roman about the unified title at all, or they, they, they talked with them? Uh, I didn't listen to the interview. By that time, I was just, I was. You, you're usually excited for the Raw after WrestleMania. It's usually a really good on WrestleMania. You have a lot of uh, debuts from people that uh, are being called up finally. Um, you didn't have that. You just had the, the, the debut of Veer. Um, you know, no one returned. No, no, uh, Oscar or Bailey or um, um, what's her name? Is I'm, I'm losing her. Uh, Lacey Evans. Uh, you know, you didn't have any returns. Um, you know, Cody came out, opened up the show, and then, like I said, uh, Roman came out and he talked, and I didn't listen to it, but I, it, it was very uh, highly disappointed. It wasn't a great. Raw after WrestleMania, especially when you're so used to that being one of the most entertaining uh, Raws of the year. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, yeah, that's the wrestling news, man. We talked a good amount for a good amount of wrestling news, of course. This is WrestleMania weekend, so it's the biggest wrestling weekend of the year. That's why we were here for almost an hour and a half to giving you all the wrestling news about it. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. And let's move on to the task at hand for this week. This, we've been, for the last month, we've been going on about uh, our inaugural March Madness tournament. What we did was we had four regions. We had the WWE region, WCW region, ECW region, and AEW region. And just like the, the men's basketball tournament, uh, 16 teams from each, 16 wrestlers from each region battling it out to see who the best 
singles wrestler of all time is, according to us, here on the Enhancement Talent. And alongside that, we have had our fans voting on our Facebook fan page along with it for their version of uh, of the winner as well. Um, before we get into our uh, final discussions here about the tournament, uh, the fan vote ended today officially, and the winner on the fan vote end is the Nature Boy Ric Flair. It was him against John Moxley in the finals, uh, and Flair ended up winning pretty decisively there in the championship match. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that? We'll start with you, Adam. Uh, when you saw that the uh, finals for the fan vote was going to be Moxley versus Flair, how, what was your reaction? I'm not. Uh, well, Moxley was kind of a surprise to me coming out of the AEW bracket, to be honest. Um, obviously, we had Kenny Omega coming out of there. Uh, but uh, but, it, but still, uh, putting it in my brain, it would, it, would be a, it would be a very fun match to watch. Of course, we'll probably never get to see it for real. No. But never say never, like The Undertaker says. Uh, Rick could try to pull another one out. Um, but... Uh, uh, I, I was, uh, you know, Moxley had a, had a, uh, long road to get to the finals, obviously. And, uh, I was kind of surprised the, uh, the voting was so lopsided. Um, I won't say whether I agree with the choice or not till we get into our own, uh, <laughs> but, uh, to our own voting, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, and it was Shawn Michaels and who's the other member of the final four? It was Shawn Michaels, Flair, Rob Van Dam and, uh, Moxley. Okay. Um, yeah. So again, uh, I don't want to spoil how, how we're going to vote, but, uh, but I was surprised. Uh, the most surprising thing to me was Moxley making the finals again. No, no knock on him. We had him going pretty far in the AEW tournament, yeah. uh, last week, but, uh, that's a cool matchup. Fans voted on a, at a very cool matchup. I could see that one being a bloodbath and, I can see William Regal slapping both of them around. Nice. How about you, Bob? What was your thoughts on the on the fan vote there? I, I thought it was really cool for the fans to partake in it. I, I really Absolutely. want to say thank you for that. Um, you know, because obviously this took a, a couple weeks just to do all this. Um, so just a huge uh, thank you for participating in it. And uh, I did see the the winner announced earlier today. And uh, yeah, like like Adam was saying, I mean. Um, Moxley and RVD would have been a hell of a match to watch. Uh, that would have been so much fun, especially in the ECW arena or the Hammerstein ballroom, you know, with those guys going at it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, I, I'll, I, I thank them for voting and I, I'm anxious to see how our voting is going to turn out tonight. Yeah. I want to thank everybody. Like Bob just said, I want to thank everybody for taking the time out to vote with us. This made it a truly interactive experience uh, for the first time that we're doing this whole uh, March Madness tournament. Uh, it was really cool. You know, we went into this blind. We didn't know how this was all going to turn out, this March Madness thing. And it turned out really fucking well. I had fun. We all had yep. fun. Uh, seems like the fans had fun as well. So, yeah, this is a... Uh, it's really cool, and for you guys to pick the Nature Boy Ric Flair, you you have spoken on the fan side. Let's see what we think here on the show. Who is going to win our March Madness tournament? Let's get right into it right now. We have our final four, and those final four is the first match. Uh, we have the number one out of the WWE region, 
Stone Cold Steve Austin going up against the number one in the WCW region, Ric Flair. And in our other other Final Four match, we have the number one out of the ECW region, Rob Van Dam, going up against number one out of the AEW region, Kenny Omega. So let's start it with our first match, boys. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Ric Flair. I stood on this one for a long time. Long time. Um, Yeah, I mean, you have Stone Cold Steve Austin, arguably the top WWE superstar of all time, biggest biggest money draw, biggest merch seller, biggest everything. Um, just the the face of the Attitude Era. You couldn't from like nineteen ninety seven or ninety eight all the way until his retirement in two thousand and three. Stone Cold was the man, you know, and he carried that company on his shoulders. There were some dips here and there, of course, but, you know, Stone, I don't, I don't really, I never saw somebody, even with Hogan, Hogan was, was, was popular, but Stone Cold just kind of took it to another level that I had never seen before that time. Um, And just the way he he managed himself in the ring too it, it's not like it was a hogan where hogan was all charisma and really not that great in the ring stone cold can can get it done in the ring you know you believe that he was a fucking badass that would just stomp the shit out of you if given the chance now let's go over to rick flair rick flair is the epitome of modern professional wrestling when everybody talks about greatness when everybody talks about the champion of champions rick flair is always one of the guys mentioned stone cold famously he says his fame his number one of all time is rick flair um you know just looking at it, it with two two guys like this in their primes <sighs> God, it's it, it's really hard to to say who would who would uh, who would uh, get out. You know, everybody's saying, "Oh, Ric Flair is the dirtiest player in the game. He'll he'll do whatever he can to win the match." You can say the same goddamn thing about Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, he'll he's not above breaking the rules either to win a match. Um, in the end, I, I'm going with my heart more than than anything else in this situation because it's that close. I'm going with Stone Cold on this one. Um, I love Ric Flair. I love what he's done for the business, you know, but there's just something about Stone Cold where I think he would just take over the match and win in, in Stone Cold fashion. The crowd would go nuts. Flair being the, the classic heel would go out on his back and you know sell as much as he could make make stone cold look like a million bucks i just i just have it going with stone cold so he gets my vote uh bob how about you stone cold versus the nature boy who you got sorry adam (laughs) Um, i definitely didn't want to go first on this one so i'm glad i didn't go first but yeah, I like that uh, yeah. with Logan Paul, not this one. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I went back and forth nonstop. Like you said, uh, Austin was the face of the WWE during the Attitude Era. But then one of the things that stood out to me is what you said from about 98 to 2003 is what you said, correct? 
Yeah. So we're talking about five years right there where he was the face of that time. Ric Flair was the face for a very, very long time. And when I think of Ric Flair in his peak and his prime, I'm thinking of Ric Flair, you know, territory days. I'm thinking of Ric Flair in the NWA, the legendary matches with the Harley races, the Dusty Roads, the Ricky Steamboats. You know, Ric Flair did it all. And, you know, you were mentioning Steve Austin in five years. It's just like to kind of compare those two when I'm thinking about it. I'm just thinking all the legendary matches that Flair had. Again, the dirtiest player in the game, and you, you mentioned it too. Um, Austin could throw down, and when you were talking about that, I thought about the, the Bret Hart match um, You know that, that he had where he passes out. Uh, one of those all-time classic match too where he, he, you know, doing everything illegal that he could in that match. Um, but again, I just like you mentioned it with this, I got to go with my heart and my heart tells me to go with Ric Flair on this one, just because, uh, when I think of Ric Flair, I think of the prime, I think of the matches and I just think of how he was the leader on the top, especially in the territory days when you're going from different territories and you know, the, the business was different back then. So Ric Flair is the man in my opinion, and that's where I'm going. All right. Well, that means, Adam, you're the tiebreaker here for this match. Stone Cold versus Ric Flair. Who do you got? When we started this, uh, the first the first week, uh, you know, I had an inkling that Stone Cold was going to win, but I wasn't positive. I was positive Flair was coming out of the NWA WCW bracket. That was a slam dunk. So I've had weeks to think about it, just like you guys. I went back and forth. You both raise excellent points. Um, yeah. Uh, most guys would go, you would probably go with their heart, but I, I, again, I'm going with my head and my brain. Um, and uh, my heart says Stone Cold, but my head says Ric Flair. Um, just, Bob just brought it up the longevity factor, just decades and decades of classic match after classic match, title after title. Uh, place after place um, and with you know he's tangled with just about every legend in in his era and he's beaten everybody um, uh, but of course again on the flip side Stone Cold is has beaten the best the WWE has had to offer over the years and and one of the most beloved champions and just look 19 years removed and people are still going fucking crazy over him I was in a restaurant the other day and and glass broke. I, I was looking for Stone Cold to come out, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. In in the end, uh, I got to go with Ric Flair too. I just uh, I, I agree with the the longevity factor. He had it. He he just had it going on. Um, you know, even even at the end when when Shawn Michaels was crying and telling him he loved him, uh, he wasn't the best worker at the time. But I mean. How many guys can go that long and and carry the card for that long? So, for that reason, I got to go with the Nature Boy. Nice, nice. And I see Stone Cold is giving me the middle finger right now. <laughs> well, middle finger or not, there you go. Our first <laughs> final four matches in the books, and going on to the championship match is the Nature Boy Ric Flair going over Stone Cold Steve Austin with a vote of two to one. All right, let's move on to our next match. We have Rob Van Dam versus Kenny Omega. Bob, we're starting with you on this one. 
<laughs> Rob Van Dam versus Kenny Omega. Who do you got? Ric Flair did that that promo with Jay Lethal where Jay Lethal was doing the uh, the Ric Flair voiceover. And uh, do you remember that, that promo where, where they yeah. kind of had the woof? And Ric Flair says, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the greatest of them all? Me. Um, RVD is Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is Rob, Rob Van Dam. Like, <laughs> it's just like uh, when I saw this matchup, I was like, shit, man, they're, they're the same exact people. Um, Kenny Omega is special because I love what he had done with the belt collector gimmick. Um, you know, he, uh, he, he was just awesome doing that. And there, in my opinion, these last couple of years, there's, there's no one as great as Kenny Omega. Rob Van Dam was just as special though. Uh, and a time when there was two big giants in WCW and the WWE, Rob Van Dam was, you know, um, he, he was the face of the underdog in ECW. And in my opinion, he helped be that face of ECW for the longest of times. Um, he didn't have to be the champion to, to be the face. Um, but a lot of times when you went, you wanted to see Rob Van Dam because you knew he was going to steal the show if he opened the match, if he was on the mid card, or if he main evented. Um, you know, and Kenny Omega could do the same exact thing. Um, I, you and I went to that Ring of Honor show, the New Japan show, and when they announced Kenny Omega, that show sold out in less than five minutes. You, uh, you know, that, yeah. that was the first time that that ever happened. Um, but I still remember the Odium in Villa Park being sold out, which is the exact same venue when they announced that ECW and Rob Van Dam were coming. Um, so it's just they to me they're the exact same person. But again, I feel like if there was actually a match to go on and they're both in their prime, I feel like Rob Van Dam has a little bit more of a step over. Um, no one could do what Rob Van Dam could do back in the day. The moves he had, the moveset, um, the ability, he was just so much fun to watch. And again, so is Omega. And they go both they both go hard in the ring and stuff like that. But I, I feel like Rob Van Dam was one step ahead of him. So if I have to go with um, a choice on this one, I go, I go with Rob Van Dam. All right. Adam. How about you, Kenny Omega, or Rob Van Dam? I've got uh, I had the money uh, under the mattress, uh, ready to pay for this one because what an amazing match that would have been uh, in their primes. Um, as fun as Austin and Flair, I uh, I think that would even be a better pure wrestling match. Um, yeah, these guys are do have a lot of similarities. Uh, they can go for a long time. They're innovators. They're masters of their craft. Um, they're, they're, they're just uh, they're one of a kind talents. Uh, to steal a phrase from from Rob Van Dam's theme music, uh, but I'm gonna have to put Tony on the uh, on the hot seat here because I'm gonna go with Kenny Omega. Uh, there's the uh, I go to hardware a lot. Uh, Rob Van Dam was the shit in ECW. Um, hardly ever lost. Um, I guess through no fault of his own. Um, he had a successful WWE career, but it could have been better uh, if politics hadn't gotten in the way. Um, so Kenny Omega's been all over the world, won titles all over the world. Uh, Bob mentioned the belt collector gimmick. Um, 
and he's just the best who's doing it, the best to do it right now. Um, so I love to see uh, the best, one of the best wrestlers, if not the best wrestler of all time, uh, from the past against uh, the current, uh, who I feel is the current best wrestler uh, in the industry today. So I'm going with Kenny Omega. Sorry, Tony. Oh, put me on the spot, Adam. Oh man, this is tough. This is tough. I, and like you guys said, I think this is actually tougher than Stone Cold versus uh, versus Flair, in my opinion. Um, Bob, you said it correctly. These guys are mirror images of each other, just in different eras. Um, Rob Van Dam was the Kenny Omega of his day. Kenny Omega is the Rob Van Dam of his day. Um, God, when it comes down to just peak guy versus peak guy, um, you know, Rob Van Dam, of course, dominated ECW, um, put on spectacular matches with all of his opponents. Then he made the jump to WWE, became a world champion over there. Um, you know, nobody doubts the greatness of Rob Van Dam. You know, put him in a ring with anybody, and it'll be a spectacular match. But you could say the same goddamn thing about Kenny Omega. You know, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. God. I'm okay. My decision comes down to, you know, not just what they would do in the ring, but also just like, just looking on their career as a whole. Just what they've been able to accomplish in the time that they, in the the time that they've done it. And to be honest with you, as much as I love Rob Van Dam, Kenny Omega, what he accomplished when he was in new Japan, you know, just the masterpieces that he had with guys like Ibushi and Tanahashi and especially. Okay. Yeah. Those, that series he had with Okada where every single one was just a five-star masterpiece. You know, the the titles he won, the being the head of the goddamn Bullet Club, which was the, you know, the hottest thing in wrestling there for, for a second. Um, the fact that he was able to make such an impression on an American audience all the way from Japan. You know, it's not like this guy was wrestling on Raw or even Impact over here where they where he could... Uh, be seen he was in japan and he still made an impact to the point where like you said bob he sold out that odium show just from being announced it's not like your casual wrestling fan knew who the fuck kenny omega was you had to be really in the know to know who kenny omega is um like i said as much as i love rob van dam just the speed the power the just the complete package that kenny omega has uh, especially nowadays, and he's still in his prime. I think, I think it, I just by a hair, but it's it, it overtakes Rob Van Dam. So my vote goes to Kenny Omega, and since that's a tie-breaking vote, there we go. In our final form, in our second final four matchup, Kenny Omega moves on to the finals. He goes over Rob Van Dam in a two-to-one vote. All right, well, now we know what the championship match is, but before we do that, let's do our third place match. It's a consolation match for the two people who ended up on the short side of the list. Um, Our third place match, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Rob Van Dam. 
in our third place matchup. Adam, let's start with you. RVD, Stone Cold, who do you got? We didn't have much time to think about this one. Nope. Uh, <laughs> uh, but my initial, uh, again, I, ooh, I'm just thinking. Uh, my, I'll, I'll, since since we need a fast decision, uh, my my initial reaction, uh, I think would go to go to Steve Austin. Um, again, Rod Van Dam, uh, very un, underrated talent. Um, not that he wasted his time in ECW, not at all, but uh, because he was a little under the radar, uh, maybe didn't get the exposure that Austin did um, at the competition. Austin face was maybe a little bit uh, stiffer. Um, again, I'm going back to hardware and uh, and uh, you know the impact uh, that they made on the business. Um, again, especially this prime uh, when uh, Austin was more wrestling centered uh, and less brawler due to the injuries. Uh, Van Dam would give him fits. But I think he could keep him grounded and, and keep up with him in terms of uh, pacing. Uh, Austin was a very underrated uh, wrestler, especially before the neck injury. Um, he could go with anybody. Uh, so uh, I'm uh, this time I'm gonna I have to go with my heart and go with uh, Stone Cold in this one. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, I love Rob Van Dam. He was a face ECW, but he never quite got to the heights that Stone Cold did. You know, Stone Cold was the face of WWE in the Attitude Era. Like we said, he was champ multiple times, went up against the best of the best. Uh, Damn fine in the ring. I know Rob Van Dam can do things in the ring that Stone Cold can't, but Stone Cold, um, Stone Cold's just Stone Cold, man. He's just undeniable. Um, Yeah, he gets my vote in this one. Uh, Bob, how about you? Stone Cold versus Rob Van Dam. Yeah, it's unanimous. I, I love both of them. Um, you know, especially Austin, you know, like we said earlier, how, how important he was during the Attitude Era and RVD, how important he was to ECW. But um, just when you come think about it and just play it out in your head, I, I, I have Austin winning on this one. All right. So like you said, it's unanimous. Our third place winner in our March Madness tournament is the number one seed out of the WWE bracket. It is Stone Cold Steve Austin. That means that uh, Rob Van Dam, the number one out of the ECW tournament, comes in in fourth place. Now let's move on to the championship match, guys. This is what it all comes down to. Our final match in our inaugural March Madness tournament. You have the number one seed out of the NWA WCW bracket, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, going up against the number one seed out of the AEW bracket, Kenny Omega. Whew. This is, uh, it's classic versus modern, man. That's that's what it is. The, the best of back in the day, the best of the old school versus the best of the new school. And, you know, it. I think it all depends on what you think is better era-wise, who you think is the better champion, who you think is just, you know, just in the ring. Uh, when you look at it in the ring, it's kind of weird because, you know, Ric Flair, of course, is the epitome of old-school wrestling. He's, you know, 
the champ. He's the man. But there's things in the ring that Kenny Omega can do that Ric Flair just can't do. <laughs> you know, it's just that's just brat. That's just fact. You know, I don't. I've never seen Ric Flair put anybody up in a one wing and angel, and I, I doubt he could have done it. But maybe if you really tried. But um, that just wasn't a move they did back in the day. Um, you know, it's Kenny Omega is faster. He's more impactful. He he's more of a high he's a better high flyer he's he's in if you if you were to tell me you know just based on in ring ability it's Kenny Omega but that's not what we're just we're not just judging it on that we're also judging it on the the man himself how he carries himself in the ring the championships that they've won uh the way the crowd reacts to them everything um, you know, the, the number of championships is, you know, if you're basing it on that, it's Ric Flair, bar none. Um, promo style, it's Ric Flair, bar none. Um, you know, Kenny Omega's good on the mic, but he's no Ric Flair. Uh, just getting people over, I, that's close because Kenny Omega could get people over, but Ric Flair is a master at it. Um, God, this is this is really fucking hard. This is almost like a coin flip to me. Um, oh shit. If you had to put a gun to my head and be like, Omega versus Flair, who is the best of all time? I'd have to go with Flair. You know, I, I, I just, I, I would have to. I mean, Kenny Omega is the best of today. But you're talking about best of all time, and that encompasses a bunch of time periods, you know. And while I and while I gave the edge to Stone Cold over Flair, I was thinking, you know, in that time period, like over who's had the most impact in wrestling overall. In my opinion, it was Stone Cold. In this instance, it's Ric Flair without a doubt for me. You know, as much as I love Kenny Omega, and he's the new face of wrestling. He hasn't gotten to the heights that Ric Flair has. And, you know, I think, you know, in a in a match itself, Kenny Omega could probably do things that would get him out on top. But when you factor everything in, I have to give the edge to, to Nature Boy. So he gets my vote. Um, Bob, how about you? Nature Boy or the belt collector, the cleaner? Who do you got? I think you said it perfectly at the end. Uh, if you if you put them both in the ring, you know Kenny Omega could do so much more than Ric Flair can. But when you think about actually technical wrestling, you know Ric Flair is Ric Flair. Um, you know I, I like how you mentioned earlier how Kenny Omega the the classic amazing matches he had in Japan and you know the five star matches he was having over there. And I mentioned earlier how Ric Flair was doing the same thing, you know, with the Harley races and, and the Ricky Steamboats, you know, and he was doing that pretty much night after night whenever he wanted to with Dusty and stuff like that. Um, you mentioned both of them on the mic. You know, Ric Flair, no one could touch, you, you know, no one could, could touch Ric Flair. Kenny Omega is good on the mic, but he still has Don Callis as a mouthpiece. Uh, you talked earlier about, you know, him being the the – head leader of the Bullet Club, an amazing stable. But then you had one of the best stables ever in the Four Horsemen, who was your leader, Ric Flair. 
Um, so, you know, there's, there's so much similarities between them. Um, but he's the dirtiest player in the game for a reason. And to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I don't think Kenny Omega can beat the man. So Ric Flair is my pick. All right. Well, that gives us our champ, but we'll have Adam give us his pick to see if it's a unanimous sweep or not. How about you, Adam? Kenny Omega or Ric Flair? Yeah, I, I, I love me some Kenny Omega, and I know uh, in their primes the match would go sixty minutes minimum. It would it, it would be nuts. Um, just thinking about it. Uh, yeah, this, as you both said, he's he's the greatest. Uh, Kenny's the greatest wrestler of today um and he does have you know he has he's had a great run um he's mentioned all his accolades but uh when this first became a thing (laughs) i thought to myself who's going to come out in this or who's going to get my vote and rick flair is the first name that came into my mind uh here's here's something i read uh this week for context uh hulk hogan of all people calls Ric Flair the greatest wrestler of all time. And we all know how much Hulk Hogan thinks of himself. So you got to be pretty special if uh, if Hulk Hogan says you're better than him. Um, and again, there's that's not my only reason, but you know, there's a reason why, why that is. Because, again, uh, he is professional wrestling. The showmanship, the technicality, the psychology, uh, as you guys mentioned, the promos... Uh, uh, everything is a 10, pretty much. Um, and, yeah, he did all those Broadways over the years. Um, you know, and uh, he carried the NWA slash WCW on his back for a very, very long time. Uh, kept them afloat. Uh, kept everybody talking. Uh, when he came to WWF in the early 90s, I was I was crazy excited because I, I knew uh, what a shot in the arm that was going to be. So, um, as much as I love Kenny Omega, and I think he's got a lot of great years ahead of him, I can't wait for him to heal up and get back to what he does best. Uh, I, I saw Ric Flair come out at the beginning, and uh, that's where he's coming out uh, on top, like he usually is. So, uh, it's unanimous for me. All right. Well, there you go. The winner of our inaugural Enhancement talent, March Madness Tournament, is the nature boy himself, Ric Flair. We yep, we agree with the fans, man. We're going with Nature Boy on this one. He is the unanimous winner of our March Madness Tournament. So, yeah, there we go. Our first, uh, our first March Madness Tournament in the books, gentlemen. What did you think? How do you think this all came out? Let's start with you, Bob. That was a lot of fun. Um, the idea that you came up with, number one, huge uh, thank you to you for that idea, coming up with it. Um, I remember when you first came up with the idea and you dropped it on us, it was just like, holy crap, that's a cool idea. Um, and then just to go into the history and the research of each company, obviously AEW is not far you know, that long and ECW wasn't that long, but uh, WCW slash NWA and the WWE, and you could only use one wrestler once for each company and um, you know, kind of ranking your own systems there. And then when we came to the show live and, oh, here's your ranking, this is what's going to happen. You're like, oh, cool. You know, so like we were breaking it down as it went through. Um, just a lot of fun to go uh, 
to reach each company and the, the dream matchup you could possibly have because some of those matches we've never seen in the past before. Um, but, yeah, definitely definitely a lot of fun. So thank you for that idea. Uh, you're welcome. I, I had a ton of fun compiling it, ton of fun doing the the, the fan votes every week and, and everything. This was really cool. And I, I love that it it lasted as long as it did, too. That that was really cool. So yeah, I had a, I had a ton of fun with it. How about you, Adam? What was your impression of the the March Madness tournament? Yeah, I had a blast. Uh, shout out to you again. Um, when I read it, I'm like, ooh, this is going to be great. So thanks for the idea. Uh, I echo what both of you said earlier. Thanks to everyone who participated on the Facebook page. It's really awesome that everybody took the time to do that. Um, I'll be interested to see. Uh, you know, if there's any reactions to, to our results, but yeah, uh, it was just, uh, it, it was great. So like, I, again, I, I, I close my eyes sometimes and I just picture some of these matches going on and sitting there watching them in the arena or on pay-per-view, um, and how much fun it is to, to imagine them or relive some of these matchups that we have seen. Um, so it was, uh, nothing but, uh, not, nothing but positivity to say other than uh, sometimes it's like, oh, man, hard to make the decisions quick. But that's that's uh, that's March Madness for you. you know, <laughs> one and done. So yeah. well, and I'm much happier with Ric Flair winning this than Kansas winning the national team. <laughs> damn sick of Kansas. Well, like I said, this is our inaugural March Madness tournament. Um, we're going to do this again next year. Next March, this time, instead of doing uh, our greatest singles wrestlers of all time, stay tuned next year for our March Madness tournament. We're going to do a tag team tournament next year, just like we did this year, only for tag teams. That's going to be great. So look forward to that. Before we leave for next week, uh, Bob brought this up, and I thought this was going to be a great idea. We're going to do one more week here of some tournaments action um next week we are going to do a tournament between the women's wrestlers of all time so what we're going to do now bob did the compiling here he's going to do the the uh the honors of uh the selection um reveals here he's going to do the bracket reveal of our one week women's wrestlers tournament we're going to do a a bonus tournament here for you guys next week um unfortunately the way um you know it has been done in in pro wrestling history there's not enough women uh to do the kind of tournament we just did with the men where it lasted all month and we did like four different brackets um you know we just we what we did was we just compiled one bracket of 16 women's wrestlers and we are going to do that bracket next week as kind of a bonus bracket to go along with our uh, our our men's tournament that we just concluded. So, without further ado, Bob, take it away. Do the the unveiling of our women's bracket for next week. Yeah. So this this bracket that we did with the females was like you said um, a potpourri of all of all the companies together. Uh, TNA Impact. Um, WCW had very limited women's wrestling. So did ECW. Uh, they're involved. Uh, AEW is involved as well as um, 
you know, the WWE. So we compiled our list. And again, um, we came up with the bracket. So we did it just similar how we did last uh, with these last couple of weeks where we have 16 um, women's wrestlers here that we thought were the best according to our ranking systems and the points that we gave them. Um, so without further ado, like you said, um, number 16 is a two-time women's champ, also a hardcore champ, and a 2021 Hall of Famer. We have Molly Holly. She ranked uh, 16 points, and she's going up against uh, the number one seed, who is a two-time NXT women's champ, one-time Diva champ, six-time Raw champ, six-time SmackDown women's champ, and one-time women's wrestling tag champ. With 56 points, the most out of all of them, Molly Holly gets Charlotte Flair in the opening wow. round. Okay. So that's the first match. Number nine and number eight are going to be interesting for you fellas. Number nine, we have a two-time women's champ, two-time SmackDown women's champ, one-time Raw, one-time NXT. Number nine with 33 points is Bailey. Ooh. And she's going up against two-time women's tag champ, one-time SmackDown, five-time Raw champ, one-time NXT champ, Sasha Banks. <laughs> wow. Bailey versus Sasha in the first round. First round. Damn. Uh, number four and 13 seed. For 13, we have one-time Divas champ, three-times women champ, and a 2017 Hall of Famer. We have Miss Beth Phoenix with 25 points. And she gets the number four seed, which is the two-time Raw women's champ, four-time SmackDown women's champ, Becky Lynch. Oh, Beth Phoenix versus Becky. That's a good one. Here we're going a little bit old school on this one, the 5-12 matchup. We have two-time women's champ, one-time cruiserweight champ, and 2016 Hall of Famer number 12 is Miss Jackie, Jacqueline Moore. And she goes up against four-time women's champ and 1995 Hall of Famer, the fabulous Moolah. Oh, wow. It's a 5-12 seed. For 15 and 2, 15, we have one-time women's champ, 2006 Hall of Famer, Ms. Sherry Martell. And she gets one-time hardcore champ, seven-time women's champ, and 2013 Hall of Famer, Trish Stratus as the number two seed overall. Wow, Sherry versus Trish. Correct. This one will be fun. Number seven and number 10, we have... Number 10, five-time WWE Women's Champ, one-time Divas Champ, and four-time TNA Impact's Knockout Champ, Miss Mickey James. And she goes up against one-time WCW Cruiserweight Champ, one-time 24-7 Champ, three-time Women's Champ, and 2015 Hall of Famer, Medusa slash Alundra Blaze. <laughs> then, Tony, you're going to love this one. Number three and number 14, the number 14 seed, 2019 Hall of Famer, one-time women's champ, two-time IC champ, China, is going up against the number three seed, one-time NXT champ, two-time Raw champ, one-time SmackDown champ, two-time women's champ, Asuka. Holy fuck. (laughs) Asuka versus China. China was 14? Man, that's kind of that's kind of low for China. Twenty three points. Wow. And 
Our last matchup, the winner of that will wrestle the 6-11 seed. 11 is a one-time WWE Women's Champ, 2016 TNA Hall of Famer, one-time TNA Knockouts Tag Champ, and seven-time TNA Knockout Champ, Gail Kim. And she goes up against four-time Women's Champ and 2014 Hall of Famer, Lita. Those are some really good fucking matchups, man. Yes. That's gonna be that's gonna be hard. The way that yes. all broke down. Yeah, that that's that's awesome. I uh, just just you know, doing like a first cursory like look back on it, you know, Oscar versus China, that's gonna be tough. That's mm-hmm. fucking tough. Um I'm glad Molly Holly came in. You know, I even if it's if even if she's the sixteen seated, I'm glad that she made it in. Um Moolah versus Jacqueline. Mm-hmm. That that that's interesting. Um, uh, that's good. Uh, that's gonna be harder than I think a lot of people think. Um, Sasha versus Bailey right off the bat. That's yeah. that's nuts. I said, holy shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I said, I'm surprised that China only came in as the. Yeah, I'm surprised that China only came in as the number fourteen seed, but at yeah. least she got in there. And um, I'm, there's there's a few names that are that are not there that I'm kind of surprised. I think the 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 number one that I'm surprised didn't make it was Luna Vachon. Um, how many points did Luna get altogether? And she didn't make it. Luna got a total of four. Four points. That's it. Yes. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm glad she's not here to scream at us. <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's an awesome bracket. I'm looking forward to voting on that next week. Uh, Adam, how, how, what are you looking at? What do you think about that? Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, that looks. I'm just looking it over again. Yeah, the, the a lot of the matches you mentioned. Uh, Trish versus Sherry. That's that's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Medusa and Mickey James too. That's. Uh, that's one that stands out to me. I was a big Medusa fan back in the day, so but Mickey James is obviously uh, you know still doing it now. Uh, Lita versus Gail Kim. That's uh, that's intriguing to me as well. Um, yeah, there's not a bad yeah, match in this. Really. Not at all. No, I'm I'm kind of already making selections in my head, and a couple of them are going to be really tough. So yeah, we done good. Yeah, we done good. What we'll do, uh, what we'll do this week, just like we did with uh, each bracket of the uh, of the men's tournament, we'll do a fan vote on our Facebook page. Uh, we'll start that off this week, and you guys can vote along with us, um, just so we know what you guys pick as we go along and pick ours. We'll see if we're uh, as unanimous in the women's tournament as we were in the men's. So let's. Let's see how that goes. But yeah, thanks, Bob, for compiling that. That, that was yeah, a that was a really you. good job. Um, and yeah, looking forward to doing it. Let's do this next week, our women's tournament. All right. Well, that's the end of the show this week, folks. I know it was jam packed, but that's what you get for WrestleMania weekend. Um, yeah. But before we go, uh, just like we do every week, let's give you our match of the week picks. These are. Matches that you guys can watch in the meantime, in between time, before our next show. Uh, Bob, how about you? What's your match of the week pick this week? I got two of them. Um, 
I mentioned earlier at the top that I really, really enjoyed FTR and the Briscoes from Ring of Honor, the Super Card of Honor match um, at the pay-per-view. But uh, one thing that we didn't talk about was uh, the previous uh, AEW Dynamite. Uh, Andrade and Darby Allen had a hell of a match. That was so much fun. Um, That was right before the the debut of Tony Storm, who's back in AEW now, too. Um, But, yeah, um, that was a hell of a match. So if you got a chance to watch both of them, check those out, man. Yeah, yeah, I was in North Carolina on vacation, and I saw that Andrade Darby match is really fucking cool. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, uh, Adam. Your what's your match of the week pick this week? I'll go back to uh, Dynamite uh, last this past Wednesday too. Uh, I thought Jay Lethal and Moxley had a hell of a match yeah, on that show too. Um, I really like what they're doing with the uh, Moxley and. Uh, Danielson faction with Regal getting involved. The Blackpool um, com was it the Blackpool Combat Club? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was a badass hoodie Moxley wore to the ring. I'm like, I want that. So, uh, you know, uh, maybe we could pool our money with all the money we're making off the podcast. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was a really hard hitting, great match. And uh, yeah, uh, obviously Moxley is a great talent, and Jay Lethal's been a great talent for a long time too. So I'm glad he. He got a high-profile match on uh, Dynamite, and hope there's more to come, uh, especially now that he looks like he uh, he's turning heel. So that's my pick. Yeah. Well, my match of the week, uh, I got two as well, and they both come from WrestleMania. Uh, my favorite match as far as just altogether, uh, just uh, as a match itself, was Cody versus Seth Rollins. I think that was probably the best match out of all of them. Uh this past weekend um just uh you know cody's entrance gave me chills you know that was really cool and then just them getting down in the ring um just delivered the way you think two performers like that would deliver a great match so yeah that was my that was my favorite match of wrestlemania so that's one of my my uh, picks and just for entertainment's sake you know I'm going to go with Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville as well. If you just want a dumb, entertaining comedy match, you're, you, you'll you'll be entertained watching that match. Um, I know we, like I said, we kind of dreaded it going in. We thought it was going to be a disaster. It kind of was a disaster, but in a it was a beautiful disaster. Uh, th- shout out to 311. Uh, so, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, um, those are my two match of the week picks this week. So yeah. And that's the end of the show this week. Uh, we want to hear from you guys, uh, reach out to us. There's two ways you can do that. You can email us. Our email address is enhancement town, three sixteen at gmail.com. That's enhancementtalent316 at gmail.com. Or you could do what mostly everybody else does. Contact us through our Facebook fan page. Um, Interact with us there. Look us up on Facebook. Just look up Enhancement Talent. Click that join button. Uh, All three of us are admins, so we can see everything that you guys post. We'll interact with you. Um, Shout out to Perry. Like Like I said, our... Our man down in Texas, uh, he was at night one of WrestleMania and turned out to be the best night to be down there anyway. So I hope he had a great time. Um, 
And, and yeah, and that Bret Hart check, it was just badass. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's a, that's a badass Bret Hart jacket, Perry. Wear that thing with pride, man. Um, but yeah, and also as well, you can interact with us through our our poll questions as well. Like I said, we're going to do another fan vote with this women's tournament that we're doing next week on the show. So get on that Facebook fan page, join up so you can vote along with us. All right. Well, that's the show for this week. I thank you guys again for listening and for the Warsaw Blonde himself, Adam Kolovic, and for the other half of the fabulous Lopez cousins, Dr. Bob Lopez. I'm Tony Lopez. We will see you guys again next week. Have a safe and happy week. We'll talk to you guys again then. See you later. See ya. Good night.